Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Hello, this is Jamie J, host of Culture Eat Strategy. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with Miha Matlievsky. And I know I butchered the back of his name, his, his surname, but... I'm, I really, and I even asked for clarification. Uh, Miha is one of the kindest hearts you'll ever, ever meet in your life. And he's very forgiving. As you know, it's very important for me uh, to uh, address somebody. And I try to listen and hear uh, how to pronounce their name right. I just think it's, it's a kind thing to do. So Miha, I, I'm so sorry for mispronouncing your name, but I, I really wish I could pronounce it better. <laughs> Um, I wanted to, uh, before I introduce you to Miha, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him, but I also want to let you know in full transparency, this is my company, Bottleneck Virtual Assistant, uh, where you can hire a VA, hire a virtual assistant for your company. If you're scaling and you're having problems, uh, experiencing problems, maybe you're missing meetings, you're losing stuff, you're, you're missing uh, time with your family on the weekends, there's a good chance that uh, while it's congratulations to you for your company is growing, uh, there's a good chance that uh, you may be able to off uh, outsource some of the stuff that you're working with, and you can go learn more at bottleneck.online. Uh, so now that we got that out of the way, one business coach has forged his approach to helping entrepreneurs and business executives by using a monumental personal failure and eventual redemption to help get others where they need to go find their personal success and fulfillment. At just 18 years of age, Miha Matlevsky, Matlevsky <laughs> a Slovenian high school dropout, dreamed of becoming a successful entrepreneur. And he pursued, it, he pursued it with a passion, putting in 12 years of hard work that resulted in four successful businesses and a personal net worth of, get this, $15 million. But in December 2009, an unexpected call from his bank which had decided to foreclose on his real estate investments, brought his world crashing down around him. That one negative event instigated an avalanche of ruin for him and his businesses, resulting in his four successful companies going bankrupt. So this is a great story. And without any further ado, uh, I want to present to you Miha Metlevsky. How are you doing, sir? Well, hello, Jamie, and it's lovely, lovely, and, and a very big pleasure to be uh, on your podcast, on your show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my gosh. You are, it's, a, it's an honor. Uh, we've had a couple of discussions recently and, and gotten to know each other a little bit, little bit more, and I'm so stoked to have you here on Culture Eats Strategy. The reason why, uh, number one, I'm so happy that you're here visiting us is that you've experienced the highs and you've experienced the lows. And I cannot wait to dive into that story a little bit more and learn 
what culture had to deal with. Um, what, what, what you saw, or maybe you didn't see in the beginning of, of the importance of culture, as opposed to now what you believe is important to culture. And I always like to ask, what do you think uh, culture is? How do you define that? Oh, now you got me. I mean, uh, you know that English is only my third language. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, like I don't have a vast vocabulary. Uh, so let, let, let me try. But culture, it's really how, in my opinion, how the whole company vibes. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the values. It's the, you know, interactions. It's how we function as a company on the inside, how we present ourselves on the outside, uh, understanding and knowing what our why is, um, being connected through that. Um, I think all of that is is culture. And it's one of the most important things if, if you can cultivate good culture. But like everything else, it starts at the top. Um, so uh, if there is no clarity and, and uh, guidance from the CEO, from the owner, from the entrepreneur, um, the lower you go in the company structure, the more confusion there is and the more disconnect there is. And I think if you cultivate the right company culture, um, you have much more happier employees, um, more productive employees, happier clients, more uh, brand awareness. Um, You can position yourself at a more premium level um, because, you know, the whole company vibes with what the culture should represent. They kind of buy into it. They buy into the story, the messaging. Yes, yes, right? yes. So what is Framework for Freedom? Oh, Framework for Freedom is my way of giving back in a way to the entrepreneurial community. I mean, it is for pay program, but um, my uh, current clients are constantly telling me that I'm over-delivering and underpricing it in such a huge way that I really need to consider raising the prices. But it, it's my decision not to do that, uh, at least for the time being, because I really want to make it accessible to everybody. And it comes from, let's say, there are amazing coaches out there. Of course they are. But most amazing coaches, they focus on the high-end clients. I mean, and I was doing the same. Because, you know, high-end clients, high-end prices, you need less clients to make more. Uh, of course, and it's easy. It's easier to work with seasoned entrepreneurs. They already know, you know, um, they already have at least some of the right mindset, you know, like they're action takers and so on. But, you know, when you're working with people who are completely new to the entrepreneurial world, uh, that's the hardest because Mm. they deal with so many inner demons, you know, fear of failure, fear of success, imposter syndrome. Fear of missing Um, out. Yeah. I mean, uh, they they are... uh, they are dealing with the infobesity of information out there. You know, um, uh, they don't know how to edit that uh, information. You know, like, what should I follow? How should I follow? And then you have a plethora of coaches that really just probably, you know, took an Udemy course um, and bam, now I'm a business coach. I mean, I meet them 
every single day. They haven't done any business so far. And, you know, they want to teach other people how to scale and grow. And so I made a decision because I have the freedom of time. I have the freedom of money and I have the freedom of choice, which for me is the ultimate freedom. And I choose and I chose to work with new entrepreneurs because I believe if I help them in the beginning to lay down the right foundation and it's based on the five pillars, which are you, the entrepreneur, because everything starts with you and ends with you all the struggles and everything. And then we do the homework. So a little bit of business development. I keep it at a lean level. Then we, we validate what we've done in the homework uh, before we start growing and scaling. And to tie it all together is the fifth pillar, which is the community uh, being surrounded with like-minded people, being able to you know communicate, to network and so on. And one thing that my odd my students love the most is live brainstorming sessions we have two live brainstorming sessions every week where i just open my zoom it's of course in the event so they know up front i open my zoom client they just jump in it's not recorded so that anybody can feel safe to ask whatever is it on their mind because as they're going through the program you know you hit a little roadblocks and we solve them immediately. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I can bring to the table is the past 23 years of my entrepreneurial experience, all the failures and all the successes combined. And even if I look at just the past few years as a coach, mentor, advisor, consultant, I worked with over three and a half thousand entrepreneurs so far. And I bring all of that to the brainstorming sessions and they absolutely love that. They say if, if they can take one thing uh, away from the program that is really the best thing for them, they say it's that. It's the live brainstorming sessions. Oh, that's so awesome. See, well, before I state something, I'd like to ask you another question. In the first stage there, the entrepreneurial about them, um, is it fair to assume in some way, shape, or form that um, culture is somehow a part of that initial entrepreneurial filling out phase? I mean, the way I understand culture is that it starts with a why, with a strong why. Why are we doing what we are doing? That starts creating the story. And there needs to be uh, an internal and an external why. If you ask me, because, you know, maybe your internal why is, you know, I want to spend more time with my family, but, you know, your clients don't care about you. So, you know, um, it's usually two whys or three whys. So one internal towards your team, one that might be just for you and why one that you communicate. I mean, it's not three different whys, it's just the way you tell them, the way you tell the story, um, the way you shape it so that it, it talks to that specific audience. Um, and, um, you know, those are the things. Why? What are our values? What are our core values, our core beliefs, uh, our priorities? What do we want to do in this world? Who do we want to serve? How do we want to serve them? Those are all the questions that, at the end, they, they kind of shape the culture. Mm. 
Yeah. And what are some of the biggest um, things you see uh, with the new entrepreneurs when you're talking about this? Like, uh, how are you exploring what their why is? Um, well, we do a few different exercises. Um, one thing that I try to make them do is to stop caring about anybody else when they first write their why. I see it so often in the entrepreneurial world that it almost looks like uh, Miss Universe contest, you know, like uh, everybody's saying the same thing. I want to save the world. I want to do this. I want to do that, which is all good. Don't get me wrong. I, I love those whys. But one thing that I see often, especially when you're starting out and maybe, you know, you're bootstrapping, you still have hard times going from month to month. Of course, money will be your motivation. Of course, maybe you want, you know, a little bit of the material goods. But I think that entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs are almost ashamed to publicly tell that or even to admit it to themselves. And so I, the first thing that I tell them is forget about anybody else. Put down on a piece of paper, what's your why? And usually I know my, when I write the right why for me is when I get goosebumps when I read it. And, you know, it can be very shallow. It can be you know, very Miss Universe-like, uh, but whatever it is, you need to connect with it. Because the thing is, when you start your entrepreneurial journey, no matter how much homework you do, there will still be roadblocks on, on your way. And, you know, it's, it can be very easy to get distracted and, and to give up. And if you don't have a strong why, something that really, really motivates you, that you associate huge positive emotions towards it, it's hard to overcome those struggles, the inner demons, and so on. So when you're, these people that you're talking to that, that are becoming entrepreneurs or may have just started a business are relatively new. I, I talk yes. to a lot of people that are more seasoned. So I like the fact that we're exploring the newness of entrepreneurism. So that story, that why, um, that you mentioned internal and external. So I must, is it correct in assuming the, the, the why that we just spoke about is internal? Is that right? Yes, yes. You always start with the internal because first you need to motivate yourself. Gotcha. Okay, so what's the external why? Well, I mean, you need to look a little bit beyond just the first goal. You know, like look at the big picture. You know, where, what do I want with my company? Where, where is this ship sailing? Because if you just think, you know, in a way like, oh, um, from now until three months from now, um, it's usually hard to create something super big. I mean, that would be a business owner, not an entrepreneur. You know, we entrepreneurs, we are the crazy ones. We believe that we can change the world and nobody understands us and so on. So I'm talking specifically about entrepreneurs. For business owners, it's a little bit different. I mean, you still need the why, you still need all of those things, but the way you communicate it is a little bit different. A business owner is somebody who creates a company that will you know, support the family and so on. It's not this crazy big idea how you will change the world. But if, if you do that, uh, if you want to go the entrepreneurial route, you need that big crazy thing because that's the story uh, 
that will create positive emotions and connect your employees, your partners, your investors, your clients together into the, the one big story. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Um, so as we go through this journey, you kind of establish the why. Um, and that's the story, the message. Uh, for me, it took me a while to figure out exactly what my mission was. And then I had to really think about what I wanted to aspire to be, what my vision was. And for the longest time, I thought vision and mission might kind of be the same thing. But they're totally separate for me, but they both mean a lot. And the way I came about my mission and my vision was by something that you had addressed in our pre-interview. Um, values, core values. Is this something that you explore with? Yes, absolutely. That's one of the biggest things that we do. What do we stand for? What are my values? Because, you know, usually you won't create a company based on completely different values than, than yours. I mean, if you, you, I mean, you are the, the owner, you are the CEO, you are the entrepreneur, and it's kind of natural that you will translate the values that you live by into your company. So, you know, if you always like to be on time and you are, you know, uh, you like, you want to be the person of value, you will create that in your company as well. The company will be based on giving value. Um, if you want, if you are a person of integrity, you walk the talk, you want that in your company as well. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that, you know, you can have one set of values core values that really define you and then you go and you create a company that's based on completely different values. I, I can't imagine that to be honest. So I can and here's where I think a lot of people um, have a big challenge um, and this is very culturally driven. So many people when they're starting out they may want that shiny thing you know uh, the, the you know the nice Porsche or Lamborghini or the nice house or something like that. And so they kind of fake it till they make it, so to speak. And they maybe don't have, they have an idea of who they want to work with, but they just take anything to start off with because they, they want the money. So if you want to specifically work in this one niche or niche, it's hard. And I can understand that it would be hard for people. They might not really adhere to their core values um, because they're trying to grow a business. They're trying to get some income in. And frankly, in my opinion, trying to, in essence, find themselves through this entrepreneurial journey. Um, and the, when we came up with our core values in the beginning, I didn't leverage my core values the way I should have. I came up with four core values. Well, we came up with them. Exceptional character, unbridled creativity, habitual strategy, and insatiable passion. And each one of those has a question associated with the definition under each one of those. The problem is I wanted so much business to come in in the beginning. If I said no, if one of the people that I was dealing with didn't say a, a firm yes on each one of those core values, I still did business with them. And it ended up coming back and biting me in the rear. Um, that, that was what I was trying to, you know, even cut you there uh, because the more you deviate away from who you are and what you stand for, 
those things eventually bite you in the ass. You can't escape from yourself. You know, you can run, you can move, you can do whatever you want, but, but your reality will catch up. And if you ask me, entrepreneurs who eventually don't align with those core values that make them who they are, uh, cannot create a long-term sustainable company. You can go for a few months. You can even go for a few years. You can go to six, seven figures. But at one point, the whole house of cards will fall apart because values, that's the foundation. And, you know, if, if you put, if you want to build a skyscraper, you know, like a scalable business on top of foundation that's really meant for a, tiny vacation house that's not gonna stand and so um sooner or later yes like like you said yeah they want to fake it till you make it and so on and and maybe you try a few things maybe you you lo you lost yourself in the process because of you know all the influences from your community from the media and maybe you're not even living your real true values. So this is one thing that we do in, in my program. We explore what do we think our values are and how do we live according to those values? You know, do we really align with that? And then, of course, it, are those the values that I want to live by or would I like to change them? So, so we put a lot of stress on that. I know that most entrepreneurs, they say, oh, but why are we doing this? But again, my program is called Framework for Freedom. Freedom meaning freedom of both time and money. I know so many entrepreneurs, seven, eight, nine figure, who have the freedom of money, but they believe that freedom of time is, is not possible to have uh, alongside. And they think if I want more time, I will have to give away the money. But then they say, well, you know, I was struggling in my childhood. I don't want that for my children. So you know what? I will just uh, not mind that I'm working constantly and that I'm basically trapped by my own company uh, because I want that freedom of money. But if we want true freedom, that's the freedom of choice. That's actually what you're bringing to people as well. Because, you know, by uh, implementing processes and KPIs and all of that, which is what you do through through your the work that you do you start creating system that is duplicatable that is scalable in a way that enables you to have freedom of choice mm -hmm. um you know people ask me well why do you do um uh, all these calls and all of that if you have freedom of everything because i choose to i mean just the other day i told my marketing guru kyle i said you know what if I could do one thing for the rest of my life, I would have my Zoom client open and I would be there 24-7 helping entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs. That's, that's what I love above every, anything else. Um, and, uh, but I outsource everything else, things that I don't like to do. Or, you know, uh, I have other people that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the freedom of choice. That's the freedom of choice. So it doesn't have to be that you need to leave the company and exit the company. It's just about choices. Right. You don't want to be trapped by, you know, oh, I have this super rock star salesperson. 
you should first thing you need to stop looking at certain people you need to have the right process if if your sales sales depends on that person there's something wrong with your sales process oh this is important i mean what if that person um just finds a better job what if they go skiing and and they end up in hospital for three months what your your company will stop I mean, the company needs to go on and on and on 365 days. You know, if the CEO goes on vacation, they need to delegate properly and, and there needs to be an interim CEO. Somebody needs to take that role, but the CEO needs to have to give them clear instruction, clear expectation and communicate things clearly. Uh, I mean, the company can't just be without the CEO. I mean, yes, it can be, but you know, when you go, you know, like I'm, uh, the CMO or, or the marketeer. And now what? The whole marketing just stops for a month because our marketing director decided that he wants to go sailing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can't have that in a, in, in a company. So um, that's the freedom of choice is to be free. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that you have to exploit people, uh, give them low wages and so on. Um, but you know, it, it, it means that you have the freedom and processes, systems, automatizations create that freedom. And so by doing that very early on and laying down those solid foundation, which is also core values, beliefs, uh, priorities, and so on, our, why the brand story, um, uh, company culture. Uh, the way we employ people, you know, I mentioned to you, uh, so many entrepreneurs, me included in the past, we go for skills. Skills are easy to acquire, especially in business. Um, if somebody has the hunger, they will learn. It's very easy to provide them the training and so on to learn the skills. Uh, values and alignment with the company culture is, is much harder to change. if not almost impossible. Um, and, you know, we go for this rock star person, but then, you know, we are constantly in a fight because, I don't know, maybe I like to be on time and that person is always late. And, you know, little by little with time, those little things will start bothering me so freaking much. I mean, it's just, you know, the toilet seat with, between men and women. I mean, what's, what's with the toilet seat? But, you know, like it, it starts, you know, like, Picking your brain, picking your brain, you know, and 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 eventually, uh, I think that's like one of the main causes for uh, for divorce, not the first one, but but one of the very high causes of of divorce is the toilet seat, or or little things like that. But you know, little things if left un 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 uh, untouched, if you don't try to do something about it, can turn into big problems later on. We sure can. And the same. And, and, you know, if you don't employ people based on, on their values and, and how they fit in the company culture, eventually you will have problems. Sooner or later, it will be problems. Um, another thing, um, so often I see with entrepreneurs, and again, I was the same, um, you know, we find business partners or we find employees or joint ventures out of need you know, that's never a good thing because eventually that need gets taken care of and what you are left is, is an incompatible partner. 
or incompatible joint venture. You know, um, I remember in one of my uh, already bankrupted companies, um, that's how I found somebody with money and made him 50-50. So we were 50-50. You know, so, uh, uh, he brought in the cash. I started doing my magic. Um, the revenue started growing 100% year over year for four years. Um, after two years, the company was out of any red numbers, doing amazing. And suddenly, I realized that guy uh, starts drinking at 10 a.m. That guy, this, that guy, that. And, and, you know, because why? I wasn't looking if we are a good fit, if we are compatible. I just started everything from the need of somebody supplying the cash that I needed at that moment. Um, it, it was, you know, like jumping, you know, like you want to find a wife or, or a husband and you just jump from one nightstand into another. I mean, you, you do need to give these things a little bit time. You need to have, you know, the conversations. Build relationships. Um, yeah, yeah. You need to do your due diligence and so on. So if you are looking for a relationship, a long-term relationship, whether that's an employee, business partner, joint venture, whatever, even a freelancer or a VA that you know will be beside you for a longer period of time, if that's not oh, I need a flyer, I need to find a graphic designer, bam, I'll just find somebody on Fiverr and that's it. I don't care too much about it. Then, you know, you can do a one-night stand. Uh, but, but if you're looking for somebody who will be alongside of you for a prolonged period of time, you, mm -hmm. you, need, to, you need to treat it as a, as a relationship. You need to establish that relationship and you must never stop working on the relationship. Mm. That's a constant work. Beta. Yes, permanent beta. Something that I think is already engraved in my, in my student minds. They often joke, you know, like, oh, we are, uh, when we are talking with other people, we are, you know, permanent beta this, permanent beta that. But I mean, the thing is, you know, my first company, yeah, uh, my, my first company was when I was 18 years old. Like now imagine that I did a business plan back then, which I didn't, but let's say I did. Now, how useful would that business plan be today? So much has changed. Um, and, you know, uh, the world is changing at a faster and faster and faster pace. We don't know what Mark Zuckerberg will do tomorrow and how he will change the algorithms. And, you know, we can't call him and say, Mark, come on, put those algorithms back as they were yesterday. We need to adopt. And to be able to adopt, we need to be in the mindset of constantly learning and growing, or as I call it, permanent beta mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing that goes with any uh, workflows or processes that you create. They're living, breathing documents, job roles and responsibilities, uh, to-do tasks, these are all things that need to be revisited. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I had my entire staff write out their own job roles and responsibilities. Absolutely in, enjoyed the process. So did they, because they felt empowered. They had a voice. We just launched it again. Um, and they're doing 2019R, which is the 2019 job role and responsibilities revised. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's, we're constantly in beta and we need to keep moving. As, as time goes on, as we experience new challenges, we've got to overcome and adapt, as you said. 
Yeah, and not just them, but you know, even your company. Every month you get new clients. With that, you get more testimonials. With that, you get more brand recognition. Um, and you know, maybe you're using some sort of marketing, so that creates even more brand recognition. And of course, the client journey journey will be shorter. I mean, I can imagine that Tony Robbins doesn't have to have a big ecosystem to nurture like and trust because he's already such a respected brand name or, you know, Nike or something like that. So you don't even think twice, you just buy. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you have to build that. But uh, the more you build on, on that brand, on the communicating the value, the culture and all of that, um, the more trust you're creating, the more recognized you are. And so the client journey is shorter and shorter. And of course, you have to adopt things. Of course, you have to adopt your funnel or your marketing and, and so on. And like I said, so many things happen outside of us that we have zero control over. And I think that the pace is faster and faster and faster. So we need to adopt faster and faster. And just the other day, I was talking with a friend, he's this eight, nine-figure entrepreneur, and we were talking about how I believe that we are no longer in the informational age, but we are in the editorial age because there's just so much information out there that now <clears throat> the biggest skill that you can have is how to Google, how to filter, you know, because anything that you put into Google or YouTube search or, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you find millions of results. Now, how do you weed out? Or how do you edit. find the right ones? How do you edit? I think that should be, you know, like just the whole class on Googling on every high school in every university. Just how to use Google, how to filter, how to do your due diligence. Today, I had a conversation with a fellow coach and she's a mom of a millennial. And, you know, we were talking how millennials today, you know, they want to make a difference, to make a change, to live more sustainable and so on. But then we, we came to one conclusion that nobody really taught them how to filter all this out. Because, you know, we live in a global world. Like 20 years ago, you needed a website. How did you find a web designer? You asked a few entrepreneurial friends, am I right? Mm -hmm. And now you go on Google, you say, I need a website, and you get probably 10 gazillion results. Now, mm -hmm. how do you find somebody you can trust? How do you do that due diligence? I mean, it's so easy. You go um, uh, and rent a Lambo for a weekend, uh, you, you find a photographer, and bam, you have one year of Lambo content to show off, and, and it just rented Lambo. And bam, you are you know, showing the proof that you are this super, I don't know what, helping people, uh, but maybe you, you have no clue what you're doing. Mm. So much of that out there. And it's really important that we learn how to do proper due diligence and how to really nurture relationships and how to establish them and how to then nurture them. Um, you know, we live in this, world that is full of social media networks and social media apps and, and all of that. But, you know, the way we communicate, I mean, 
imagine that you're sitting in a bar and your friend walks by on the street and, and he sees you. He won't just, you know, thumbs up you. He will actually come and shake your hand and exchange a few sentences. And what do we do online? We just go through our feet and awesome. like, like, heart, like, heart, smiley face, angry face, bam, bam, bam. Everything, you know, is so super fast. And on the other hand, people have never felt more lonely. And we live in this super social world, but we feel so lonely. Because we, we lack that genuine connection. And that's yeah. so important. If you drive down a street here where I live, there's porches on the back of the homes, not necessarily in the front of the homes. If you drove down the streets in the 50s, the porches are in the front of the homes, not necessarily in the back of the homes. Yeah. So it's a big culture shift. Yes. And we need to and there's just that. yeah, so much happening and, and we need to learn how to adopt. I mean, I, I believe it's so easy to stand out today. All you have to do is be a human being, actually care about people, actually show that you have some empathy. Intentionality. Yes. Listen to understand, not to respond. You know, just simple things like that. Yeah. Really simple things. It's so easy to stand up, stand out. I mean, bam, there's your unique value proposition. I actually listen. I actually care about my, you know, people. Bam. Listen to learn, not to respond. I love that. Yeah. Um, So it's really, I think all of what we are talking about now is a huge part of culture, whether we, implement incorporate that into the company culture or we don't that's a different thing but yeah um, all of those things are a big part of it now do we do them this way or that way um that's that's the difference yeah well i mean uh, uh, go ahead no and i strongly believe that if you want to create something that's sustainable on the long run you have to go towards you know the right culture i think if, if you go with the wrong values, with the wrong uh, set of, um, you know, priorities, um, at one point you will either have to realign with something better or you will be gone from the market. I couldn't agree more. So, Mihai, how do people reach out to you? How do they get in touch with you to learn more about uh, you? And- absolutely the easiest way is to just go to my chat bot uh, and they can find it at frameworkforfreedom.me. That's the easiest one. Framework for Freedom. They can either type it with F-O-R or with number four. We have both domain names. .me, so not .com. .com is my program, but .me will take them straight into my chatbot. They can just sign up there and uh, they will have notifications. when I open my Zoom, and they can just join and experience me in real life. Nothing is pre-recorded. It cannot be. This is not a webinar or anything. It's live interaction. We see each other. We wave to each other. I don't record those sessions because I really want them to to feel safe, that they can ask whatever they want, and nobody 
will make fun of them or because that's usually, you know, one of the demons, you know, oh, I'd rather not ask what will other people think. And that's the best way to get to know me, to experience me. And my number one biggest core value is giving without expecting anything in return. So I will always be there to give them help in any way possible um, without expecting them to, you know, become clients or whatever. I, I, and I can vouch for that personally. You've been, you've been yeah. wonderful. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'm really, uh, that's so, so engraved in, in who I am, in my DNA, um, that it, it's just impossible for me to go any other way. Well, I can appreciate you uh, for everything that you're doing. Thank you for being so kind. Um, and thank you for being uh, a light that so many people can look to, to kind of move down what could otherwise be construed as a pretty dark pathway on their journey through the entrepreneurial journey, I, sh I guess I could say. Um, it's, it's just really nice having you around. And thank you so much for sharing uh, and spending some time with us today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Like always, talking to you is always a huge pleasure. And thank you for your kind words. And I hope, um, you know, I, we've given, I, I've given some value to your listeners through this interview that they can take away from this, apply it, and see some change happen in their lives. I have a feeling that's probably going to happen. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, no, no, no. Pretty good? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, Miha, thank you so much. Hold on one quick second, I will wrap up. You've been listening to Miha Matlevsky. Matlevsky? Matlevsky? <laughs> um, obviously, um, unbelievably uh, gifted and talented uh, for someone to have uh, overcome what uh, Miha has done and uh, to continue on, and not only continue on, but to thrive and be in a position to give back, to share, uh, to, to sh share. Uh, you can talk to Miha about anything. He's an open book. Um, I really appreciate that. And from a cultural perspective, uh, it's amazing to see that we're able to achieve enlightened cultures uh, globally. Uh, it's fantastic. So again, thanks to Miha for stopping by Culture Eat Strategy with myself, yours truly, Jamie J. I uh, hope you have a great day. Hope you got a lot out of this. I'll put all the links to everything we talked about in the show notes. You can check that out there and uh, we'll see you soon. Um, have a great one and uh, yeah, be kind to one another.